Growing up, I was always envious of the kids who knew exactly what they were going to do. I'm going to be a veterinarian. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer, a police officer, a firefighter. They always knew. And I had no idea. To this day, I'm still not 100% sure I know what I want to do. But that journey, I think, is such a personal one. And today's guest, Arkov reporter, has been through many career changes and has finally found his calling. And I think the important takeaway from this conversation, from this story, is that it's never too late to find what it is you're supposed to do. I hope you enjoy. What's up, chat? Panda here. We are back with another podcast, and my guest today is one of my favorite people of all time who has moved on from streaming um, to bigger and better things, and um, I'm really excited to kind of see what he's been up to because it's always kind of been an interesting perspective for me. So without without any more, um, you know, to do, uh, Mr. Mr. Tarkov Reporter. Hey, Panda. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I mentioned that you had moved on from streaming. What, you know, tell, tell, tell everybody what you've been up to now. For sure. Um, so I've recently finished all my coursework for my master's degree in counseling, and I've started working as a therapist under supervision. I should have my license to practice uh, as a registered clinical counselor in a few months, probably January, realistically. Um, wow, okay. So, so coming I've, up quick. Yeah, I've been working pretty hard at that. Um, something I've wanted to do since, honestly, I've been working towards this since like 2019, uh, maybe even longer ago. Um, and to see it finally come to fruition is really cool for me. Um, and to be actually working with clients right now. And um, I mean, I, I obviously can't say much about my work with them, but sure, yeah. um, it's just, it's really, really like powerful for me and um, brings me joy. I, I love every minute of it. I'm so glad to feel like I'm in the right place in my life finally. Cause it took me a fucking long time. To get there. <laughs> I was going to say, when I met you, you were a streamer before that you were, you were like a legit reporter. That's and right. so like the, the career shifts have been drastic for you. Pretty significant. And there was um, another, like I also worked in corporate communications for a period of time after journalism too. So I've been trying to find the right thing for me for a long time and finally feel like I'm in that place. It's uh you know, if if you if, if people are watching or like um, struggling with what you do, don't know if you're doing the right thing yet, haven't found that thing for you. Like I'm in my mid thirties and I'm just finishing school, so you know, it, you don't have to know what you want to do right out the bat in life. Uh, you can get there eventually. So I was gonna worry. say that's definitely one of those stories that like I think there's a lot of people. I, I think there's a lot even more people today who just like. They're in their thirties and they feel like they're just lost. Mm. They, they they thought, you know, I'll get it. I'll go to college. I'll get a career. Like that was what they were told. Right. And then when they didn't, they were like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, now. absolutely. And I, I was there. Like I, 
I had some pretty dark times like in 2019, um, not really knowing what I was going to do with my life and was in a lot of therapy at the time trying to figure things out. And, um, you know, that therapy eventually led me to becoming a therapist myself. Um, it's just, it's something I think that a lot of people should reflect on. And if what you're doing doesn't bring you joy or if, uh, try to figure out what that thing might be for you, because, you know, that you, you might be in your thirties, might be in your forties, doesn't matter. Uh, there's still plenty of time left in life. Um, especially if you're in your twenties, like, Oh my God. Uh, like <laughs> try, try new things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Find out. Yeah. Stuck. Just, you know, try something. If it doesn't work out, you have time. So much time. Oh my God. I wish I, I wish I looked at life more like that in my twenties. Um, because I, I was always like, Oh, I need to, I need to do this. I need to be married. I need to have kids. I need to get a house. Like I, all these, like, um, these random things that life says we should have these benchmarks where we should be in our lives. And those things made me super anxious thinking about how am I going to do this? How am I going to accomplish this? Um, and like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, who are you competing against in, in this? Like, just, just try to find what's right for you and what brings you joy and how you can build the best life for yourself. doesn't matter yeah. what that is. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. I like that. Yeah. So, um, in terms of your work, obviously it's, it's sensitive. There's not a lot you can say about it, but do you have like an area of study or specialization that you enjoy? Definitely. Um, I want to work with couples mostly. I started, uh, I started out my education, not wanting to ever work with a couple in, in my entire, <laughs> I, I never wanted to see a couple in my work ever. And, uh, a, a few things changed my perspective on that. Um, like I obviously I took a course on couples therapy in my master's degree and that course was really illuminating for me and just seeing how, how like, how, how the, I, I didn't really understand what it would be like in the room until uh, I started studying it specifically. And it's just so powerful to see two people who love and care about each other, but for the life of them can't communicate or just can't figure out how to get through conflicts together and finally helping them get to a place where they can discuss their needs and meet each other where they are. That is so powerful. I, I absolutely love that. So I've, I've started working with couples uh, under supervision now and, you know, seeing some of the progress with some of them is it's, it's amazing for me. I just, I love to see how they can go from like literally not being able to communicate with each other to like actually like showing empathy to their partners. It's uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. I love that. So uh, I would say couples and relationship counseling for individuals as well, mostly uh, be my specialty. That's awesome. I, I, I think that that's such a spectacular thing because there is it's relationships. Romantic relationships are so dynamic oh, yeah. and they're so they can be so, you know, explosive and passionate and, and finding that way to kind of navigate that. I think just as individual people is so hard. So being able to have that perspective. And I know that there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, if you go, you know, you go to marriage counseling, that means your marriage is on the rocks and you're, you know, everything. And it, it, there's such a stigma around that. Totally. You're, you're so right about that. And, and if I'm being honest, most of the people who come to couples therapy, they come too late. Like uh, you should be, you should not be going when like alarm, our alarms are going off. Like, 
it's it's maybe too late at that point. Um, you can still do some work to to maybe sort things out. Um, but when you should be going to couples therapy is, you know, when there are big changes coming up in your life, like maybe you're having kids or maybe you're thinking about moving in together or you're getting married, these big changes that will definitely have an impact on how you relate to each other and uh, how your relationship will be affected by those changes. So when those things are happening for you, that's the time to start seeing a therapist, even if it's just like here and there to touch base and learn a little bit about how you can communicate with each other about these big changes that are happening in your life. Cause those things can be so impactful on your relationship. And, uh, I, I would, I would, I would hesitate to like the, the stigma, like, I, I don't know how to remove that. I think it'll come with time. Like we're seeing now the gen, like, uh, younger generations coming up who just see therapy as a natural part of life when, yeah our parents' generation definitely didn't. Oh, so, sure. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, and then you, you know, you go home and you're like, yeah, my therapist says, and your parents are like, you're going to see a therapist. It's like, yeah, it's no big deal. Like I, <laughs> yeah. it's not like calm down. Yeah. It's, and it's so funny that, you know, you say that cause like, so I had a, I have a friend who, um, when they got married, they sought out a marriage counselor uh, or a relationship counselor specifically um, and they just call it marriage maintenance. Like it is, yeah. it's, it's just something that they do, you know, once a month to, to maintain their marriage and, and work on um, their relationship together. And, and I think some of that stigma comes from like, you know, it comes from like a lot of these like romantic movies and things like that. Yeah. And you, you have these yeah. expectations of how a relationship w- should work. And it's like, you know, you got to remember that you are human and they are human and it's never go like you might have a movie like moments, but it's never going to be like a movie because you never see all you see is that romantic kiss at the end. You never see what the relationship is like, you know, five, six years down the line. Right. Totally. Uh, and yeah, I think that a lot of the media representations of therapy in general are, are fucking awful. Um, like if, if, for the most part, when you're watching a show where there's a therapist uh, and it's like maybe couples therapy, the two people are going to be just screaming at each other the whole time or one's going to be completely withdrawn. And, um, and the therapist just kind of sits there and goes, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, how does that make you feel? It's That's not what that's not what therapy is. Um, and or like in, in the one that like makes me the most angry that I see more representations of of therapy in media is like the character is like sleeping with their therapist or something like that. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, why is this? Oh my God. That makes me so mad that like, that's oh, yeah. the, <laughs> such a common representation of therapy. Like, Oh no, oh, this no. is bad. This is really bad. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that is a funny one. Cause like it, it's, it's such a trope and it's like, it's not just that I remember very distinctly. I have friends that have a pool and I remember my friend coming to me and going, I don't want to hire a pool boy. And I was like, why? <laughs> You want to do all that maintenance yourself? And he's like, I don't want, I don't want to like, you know, you see it in movies. I was like, it's a movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's so, really, yeah, that's really all of these yeah. jobs get these bad raps. Like it's just, these guys literally coming to work on your, you have somebody that cuts your lawn. Why don't you have somebody that works on your pool? I just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh no, we gotta, we gotta stop that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, couples couples therapy is fantastic. You can learn great uh, tools and interventions to to support you and your partner as you work through conflict. And that's, I think, like 
can solve most problems yeah. uh, that people deal with. So, yeah. So what was the, what was kind of the, the catalyst that got you to move in that direction? So, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, you were in therapy. Was that kind mm -hmm. of like the turning point for you? Um, that was, that was something that contributed. There's a lot of things that contributed to why I wanted to make this change in my life. And I, I think that going to therapy myself just showed me like the, how powerful it can be, how impactful it can be, how much of an impact you can have on your life. Um, so, well, I, I don't think that was like what drew me into it necessarily, but I had a great relationship with my therapist and I got a lot out of it. So I saw that, Hey, this can work. This can help people. And I wanted to help people. Um, I, uh, I, I had like some, a lot of family in my life who I think not push me in this direction, but uh, their model, the model that they set for me in life, like my grandparents, my cousins, my parents, um, they have all been really supportive of me and have they, they have modeled empathy, have modeled um, just, I think, the values that someone would need to go into into therapy. Like I, I look, I there's a photo of my grandparents I'm looking at right now in the background and um, on my mom's side, my grandmother was paralyzed for most of my life. She was wheelchair bound. And my grandfather, um, would literally just wheel her everywhere they went, like until he was like no longer able to walk himself. Like he was just too old. Uh, and like seeing how supportive of her he was and just how he was there for her every day and was like her rock uh, up until like they passed on, like they, they were just, I, the, I have a hard time really putting into words, like how genuine and authentic and just a great person my grandfather was and, and my grandmother as well. Like they were, uh, they were a great team. And, um, my grandfather was so selfless in everything he did in life. Um, be it his relationship with his wife or how he treated his kids, his grandkids, everyone in his circle. Uh, and, you know, I, I really look back on my relationship with him. I wish I had more time with him. And uh, he, I think, like, looking back on it, set me down a path that would eventually get here. Um, he's just a great human being. And I, I wish he was here to see me take this path in life now. Well, I think he'd be, I think he'd be exceedingly proud of you. Thank you. Man. I mean, just based on the way you talk about him and um, how influential um, he is clearly to who you are today, I think is really powerful. And, and I mean, the, 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 the dedication and, and love that that requires um, to be a caretaker for somebody um is huge i mean there i mean especially later like, in life especially yeah. later, like he was elderly like when i was when i was young and still pushing her around like to the best of his ability and like he would like he would shrug off help from other people too he like he wanted to do it he wanted to be there for his wife um and yeah i uh 
Like I, so, I was, I was pretty young at the time, but I, it, was, it was like such an impact on me. Yeah, that's like a, that's a real model of love for you to have around you, especially. I mean, that's so impactful on young kids. Like mm-hmm. you would be. I mean, having kids of my own, like recognizing. Um, I was literally just thinking about this today. Is like with my son, um, and and with my daughter too. But she hasn't started exhibiting the same behavior, but. You know, I, every once in a while, I just kind of, I, you know, we have the, I, I do this thing where I, I like to kind of be in his space, yeah, um, and and kind of show him that affection. So I like, I put my hand on the on his cheek, and I kind of, you know, stroke his cheek a little bit and kiss him on the forehead. And now when he lays down at night, and I go to like say goodnight to him, he puts his hand on my cheek. Oh. So like, it's one of those things where yeah. like I'm seeing that behavior, that empathy, yeah. and that love that I'm showing him now reflected back at me. Wow. Um, that's, that's really powerful, man. Yeah. That's so crazy. I I think having that relate, like you having that modeled at such a young age is, yeah. is massive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and like beyond my grandfather, like I have, I have a lot of friends who are counselors and um, my cousin who was like a sister to me, I'm an only child, um, but I have one cousin who's been like a sister to me my whole life. And um, she became a counselor too. And, she's always been there for me like that. It's, uh, I, I feel like it's, it's just been this place that I was supposed to go and I didn't figure it out until, uh, much later than I anticipated. In <laughs> I mean, that's, that's definitely one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, you know, you needed these experiences to totally. guide you to where you needed to be. Cause I mean, I'm sure that there is, there is a part of you that's like, man, I wish I would have found this earlier, but then there's, there's gotta be a part of you that looks back and goes, you know, I, I never would have gotten here if I didn't do these other things. I wouldn't have, I totally wouldn't have. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for all the opportunities I've had in my life too. Like we talked about just trying everything, right? Like I was very open to trying things in my twenties and I, I don't regret it a single second of it. Um, and I, I loved like 90% of the jobs I had. Um, there were a couple, especially like corporate communications, I really hated because I found them like soul sucking. <laughs> sounds yeah. awful. It sounds <laughs> it was uh, truly, it sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fucking brutal. But um, I like I love being a journalist. I love being a reporter, and I love streaming for the the short time I got to do it. So uh, let's yeah. let's talk about the the journalism a little bit because I feel like that yeah. leads into where where you were at in the streaming community. Is yeah. so. How did you get into journalism? Um, I was a, and still am, like a gigantic sports fan uh, when I was in high school. And like, I wanted to do anything in my life to just be close to sports, be surrounded by sports in some way. Um, And so like, okay, I'm going to go be, I'm going to be a sports reporter. I'm going to wind up on ESPN one day. Uh, And yeah, like I'm, I was, I'm an ambitious person. So why not? Right. Um, But uh, so I went to journalism school uh, after high school and I got my degree and started, uh, I just started working as a reporter, like right out, uh, right out of school and had to work in some really small towns. Um, and for the life of me, could not get a sports job. Um, like the, the sports jobs were so hard to get um, because like <laughs> everybody, everybody wants, everybody one, wants right? one of those right, and there's yeah. so few of them. And Do the sports. You got it. Yeah, you know that that seems to be the one that I hear about a lot. And like, 
like journalism is like you either want the sports or you want the food you want to be able to go in and like review <laughs> the food or whatever sure those are two of the most fun things i think and yeah. uh so i wound up doing uh crime and politics and was Yikes. did really well at it like actually like didn't love it that didn't love the actual like i i mean i loved being in the newsroom working with my uh co-workers um and parts of the job i loved um but i loved the team atmosphere in the newsroom and like shooting the shit with uh with other reporters like that was that was so fun for me uh in most of the cities i worked in like there was a strong like media community where like reporters just got together for drinks uh at the end of the day and like talked about like like whatever crime happened or <laughs> um it was it was a lot of fun um and i, mean, I, it's I miss a, that. It's evolution of town gossip yeah. right like you guys got to be the ones that yeah. that knew everything and so you guys got to talk about everything that happened absolutely and i really missed that part of it um so but i i never did wind up like getting like a sports opportunity um but i like i i actually wound up like getting like i became like the editor of a couple of local newspapers at one point and was like was really entrenched in that role was like hiring and firing people and like was, was doing really great in that aspect. Like felt like I was advancing in my career. Um, but uh, something happened for me that uh, really opened my eyes to where the industry was just at. And that was seeing like a, a big chunk of newspaper. So there was a, in my hometown um, in like the Vancouver area, there were a lot of, community newspapers in the various like suburbs and communities and small cities around there. And, uh, there was a, there were two different media chains that owned most of those newspapers and they decided that they would trade newspapers in cities where they owned, uh, they each owned one. And then the one that they acquired, they would just shut down so they could eliminate, um, the competition in the market. So what that did was completely eliminate like, half the media jobs in the area I, li- I wanted to live in. I wasn't Jeez. living in Vancouver at the time. Um, so I, my whole goal was to get, because I'm from Vancouver, I wanted to get back here and I couldn't, I, that, that one transaction that like, I, I obviously had no control over <laughs> and um, it just, it, it had such an impact on my future career prospects. And I, I was just like, Holy crap, what am I going to do? So um, that's when I decided I was going to try to make a shift into corporate communications, which just became this soul sucking job that I fucking hated so much. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that, that, um, but, but it also led me to, to where we are. I mean, led me into the streaming and led me into uh, counseling too. So I can't, I can't hate what happened too much, but. I just can't see you working in a corporate communications position. Like just the, like no, now knowing your background and how much humanity matters to you. I yeah. just, it just like the idea of you working in like a, a corporate cold community. Just, I just, I, I can't picture it. Yeah. And, and like the, the companies I was working to for were like resource extraction companies um, and financial firms and like major construction companies. And I was just like, these, 
very much do not align with my values. What am I doing in my life? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're having to like defend them. And you're like, but I don't want to defend them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that, that I think was, uh, it prompted some really intense internal reflection and led me to where I'm at. So yeah, I can't, I can't hate it too much. <laughs> so in terms of journalism, do you have a story that you're most proud of? Like you're like, this is kind of the one that I that I always look back on. I'm like, I really like this is the one. Oh man, I don't know if this is the one I'm most proud of, but I won an award for investigative reporting about um, <laughs> uh, in the town I was living in. Uh, there was a bylaw on the books that prohibited strip clubs from being open uh, in this town. Sure. And, <laughs> which like, yeah, you know, like, okay. Like that, I guess your community want with it. Absolutely. Right. Uh, but one day um, some entrepreneurial gentlemen um, from outside of the city decided they would come in and challenge this bylaw so that they could open up uh, a strip club and uh, of course <laughs> make a little, make a little coin. Um of all the places so, you could build it, why pick a place that doesn't allow like that? Just like, such a strange. Yeah, I don't think they knew um, when they bought the property uh, initially, um, and then when they wanted to go through the process of applying for a permit for this, all of a sudden discovered, oh shit, there's this bylaw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you thought you would have looked into that beforehand, but hey, this is where we're at. No, yeah, um, don't think they did all their due diligence, but. Uh, so they they challenged the bylaw, and it was this massive debate that took months. Um, and the city council and the people of the town were just like at odds. And there were these just really long and drawn out debates in council meetings. And wow, the people were so mad um, that the strip club would potentially open up in their town. And like, sure, that's their right. That's their, as the town says, what's their opinion? And they've lived in this place. They've built their, uh, they've started their families and, you know, maybe this is part of their values. So they expressed their opinions. And of course the uh, uh, city council. uh, (laughs) City (laughs) council's (laughs) not green, right? They were like, this is a money maker. They sure did. Um, and um, I think especially due to like the nature of the town, which is kind of like oil and gas based. So kind of like um, uh, like uh, there was a nature of the town where like people would just come through to work and then leave. Yeah. Um, so like this is something that might uh, appeal to yeah. people who are just in town for a few weeks to uh, to work on a somewhere tour. to blow your money, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I wrote a really like a series, an investigative series about that whole story, and, and uh, I don't know if it's what I'm most proud of. I would have a hard time thinking about what I'm most proud of. I need more time to think about that, but that story um, in particular um, won you an award. It did. I, I, I actually just something else just came to mind. That it's a um. I wrote an editorial piece um, at a different job about a a school board uh, closing down a school in a smaller community just outside of where we were living. And I had been out to this community a few times for events to see what was going on. And it was really this tight-knit community. And the school was such a big part of it. 
it was like you could see that the school was like embedded in the fabric of the community. And like as an outsider, I could see that like it was it was uh, so important to them to have this school and the school board one day to cut costs decided they would shut it down. Um, and so I did some investigating into the school's budget or not the school's budget. Like, but yeah, I, I was looking at the, the size of the school budget compared to like the school district as a whole budget and was like comparing some uh, some finances that can maybe be cut in other places uh, and made a case for keeping the school. Um, now, obviously like that didn't like, I didn't, I didn't like nothing, nothing came of that, but I, I felt really proud of standing up for this community that really didn't have any, like they didn't have any say Boy. in this. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I felt really bad for those people who now had to like, you know, uh, send their kids out of their community uh, to go to a different school when they had loved and cherished the school. Um, and it was like, it was such a positive environment. Um, and, and so I, that, that's, I think a story that I, I would be most proud of, even though like nothing came of it, but um, I, I just, I was glad that I could stand up for somebody uh, like a smaller community who, who needed a voice in that situation. I like that. Yeah. That's um, that is more what I see you doing than working in <laughs> communication so yeah, yeah it makes yeah. more sense so the the reporting I'm, i mean obviously you go by tarkov reporter mm. and for a while you were one of the like go-to people for tark i mean you had a tarkov news website yeah um, which uh we, ju- we just like formally shut down uh this summer because we weren't doing anything with it um but yeah that, that was that was so fun man i i absolutely love that um, you know, I don't know how I, I do know, like, it, I can't believe it, I, I, that happened. But, uh, one night I was, I was having some, having a couple of cocktails and hanging out a discord call with some friends playing Tarkov and, uh, sub account seven pops in and he's the like, hey, hey, um, why don't you guys have a website? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's a, that's an amazing idea. And one of my mods, Louie, um, he was like, like he, he had had a lot more cocktails than I had. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, this is a fucking great idea. He started buying domain names. He was like signing up for like Squarespace and all this stuff. And he was like, we're doing this. Uh, and the next morning he wakes up like super hungover. He's like, what did I do? <laughs> Why do I have all these charges? Why do I own all these things? <laughs> he was like, wait a minute. Did we just buy Like we just start a website last night. And um <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think we did. And uh, and we're both just like, wait a minute, this is actually a fucking amazing idea, and we should totally do it. Um, and so we we just we went for it, and yeah. um, it was so much fun to do that. Like I I know there are like some legends in the community who cover Tarkov news, um, and I I don't like put myself on that level with those guys who are still out there crushing it. You don't um, have to. We, we as the community do that. <laughs> that. That means a lot though. Thank you for that. Um, but it, it was, it was so much fun to be able to do that. And one of like the, the highlights of it for me was like, we were, so we started like 
with a summer wipe, we launched uh, the website and uh, we were like slowly building and cranking out content on that. And by the time it came around to like the winter wipe, we were like, we were really fucking rolling. And uh, the day that wipe dropped, um, the Tarkov website went down for most of like the early, like the, the early hours of the wipe. And I had gotten the patch notes up on the website. Um, and like my, my take on the, on the patch notes and everything. And Dr. Lupo uh, was looking for patch notes that morning uh, and he couldn't find them. He's like, Oh, what's this like off brand Tarkov website? Let's, let's check that out. And uh, so I'm, I'm literally watching Lupo stream Tarkov and with my website up on it as he's rolling through the, <laughs> the patch notes. That was a little bit freaking out. Um, that, that was like, that was so cool for me. Cause I, I like Lupo was what like got me into content creation. Like he, <laughs> um, and what got me, he got me into Tarkov. Like he's uh, so that was kind of like a full circle moment for me where I was like, Whoa, that was fucking cool. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Um, so I actually remember this, like I remember, I was in his stream when he pulled <laughs> your website up. I remember it. And it's one of like it's one of those moments that I'm just like I I don't know why but it just it sticks with me as like what a cool thing for somebody to have yeah. right um the other thing that I think is so like fascinating is how many people are part of this community not necessarily because of Lupo but like like I literally just did an interview with um another creator whose podcast um, dropped on the 21st of July and her, like, she, I mean, she's a, a huge, um, Lupo fan. Um, and I know that she's going to GCX and cool. she is cosplaying. As oh, Lupo. fun. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So like, it, it's just, it's so fascinating. And I think that, um, like he as a creator, you know, a, a lot of people are like, oh, he's the, you know, the dad He's got that dad energy, that dad vibe. And it's just so fascinating to see all of these people who from his community kind of carry that same like standard that he carries in his own stream. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like a lot of people aspire to that level, not necessarily the level of like, I think there are quite a few people who aspire to that level of like recognition, but I think there's an equal amount of people who aspire to that level of like, influence of like let me put positivity out into the world mm. um yeah and so like it's it's such a like i mean i'll be honest dr lupo is one of the driving reasons why i became a content creator because i've i've been like it's something that i've always wanted to do and then as i got older and 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 you know i started having kids and got married i was like is this really something that i can do and, and just watching him you know you know, have kids and, and have a kid and, and, and be successful and still have that. Like you can tell how much he loves his family. And totally. I think that's yeah. such a powerful thing to showcase. Yeah. His, his values are so evident through his streams, the people he surrounds himself with. Like he, um, it, I found, I find myself like very aligned with like his perspective on life. And to see that, like, 
to see that represented in the streaming world, in a world where, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who I, I wouldn't want to associate myself with. Um, and to see this guy out there, it was, I, I just, I am so grateful that he does what he does to, to, to be a role model for a lot of people out there, because there's a lot of people who do should not be fucking robots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, and, you know, I, 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 the first time that I ever ran into like Dr. Lupo's name, like I remember reading, like, I think it was like an IGN article or something. And this was back in the Destiny 2 days of the trial of Osiris. And I remember very distinctly there was, there was a guy who had a terminal illness and he was just trying to make it to the lighthouse. And there's a bunch of people who rallied around this guy and were like, you know, we're going to help you get there. And I remember watching this video and I, I'm pretty sure it was IGN. Cause at the time I think that I was like a religious IGN reader, like every day I'd be on IGN. Um, and I remember like watching the video of him, you know, helping this guy get to the lighthouse. And I just thought like it, it cost him nothing. It cost him nothing to just be kind. Yeah. Um, and so like, that was what like, I was like, that was the moment where I realized, like, growing up, most people around me didn't really play video games. But that was kind of the moment for me where I was like, look, video games can do good for other people. Absolutely. And he's he's shown that in so many ways. The amount of fundraising he does. Uh, and just the, as you mentioned, just the kindness that he shows. And um, I I really respect and admire, um, that, like, everything he's done. Like, he, he's a fucking legend, man. I agree. I agree. So, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about where you sat yourself in, in the community and kind of this cornerstone that you carved out for yourself. And then, you know, moving on from streaming, is there anything that you really miss about either your community specifically or just the, you know, streaming in general? Oh, so much stuff like this, man. Like I, I loved setting up co-streams with people and meeting other streamers um, and like events like drops or something where you would just like do a 12 or 24 hour thing. And um, you'd invite out, like you, you play with other streamers and uh, like that sort of stuff. I just, I just love playing video games with people, man. Like I, I it's such a social thing for me. I've never been someone who wanted to like stream solo all that much. Um, and I definitely miss just, just hanging out with, with other cool people playing games um, and my community too. Like we, st- we still hang out and play like battle bit sometimes. And I love I that. I love battle bit. Battle bit's so, it's so fun. fun. Oh man. I love it. Um, but like, I, I do miss like the peak Tarkov, um but like friday nights like just my friends would get on and we'd play until like two three in the morning everybody's having a couple cocktails and you're you're just having a good time messing around like meme kits or who cares right like right ah i I miss those days um i i'm so grateful for like all the people i've met like most of the people um who like formed like the the core part of my community came from Jenicles community. I um, love Jen. I which, love Jen. 
<laughs> Don't even get me started on Jen. Oh my God. Uh, Jen had such an impact on me from a content creation standpoint. And I, I, I've got nothing but love in, in my heart for Jen. She's such a fantastic person. She never um, takes herself too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And so I, I actually learned how to play Tarkov in her discord. Um, and the people who like would help me learn and who I learned with uh, formed like the core of my eventual community one day. Like we just, we just had so much fun playing together and and they were the people who encouraged me um, to like start a Twitter account, to start a Twitch, to to start a website. Um, so I'm grateful for those relationships because if, if not for like the support and the, the encouragement of those people, I never would have, I never would have done any of those things. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think that I, I would ever be a streamer or anything like that, but th those people, um, and I want to shout out like my mods, Grim and Louie, like those two are uh, like just so beyond supportive and everybody who was ever like in one of my streams, whether you played or watched or lurked or I don't care. Like I'm, I'm so grateful to, to all those people, man. I, I, I miss, I miss that part. Just people coming in and saying hi that you haven't heard from in a while. Like, you know, like they, they just pop in the stream and chat, like chat with you for a few minutes. Like, Oh, that's so cool. I, yeah. I that. yeah. That's it's, it's so much fun to just meet people. Yeah. And I think that you and I are very much the same in that regard of just like, you know, everybody has a story and everybody has like a good time and, you know, everybody has something to contribute. And, Admittedly, some people shouldn't contribute, but you know, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so, is there anybody that you keep up with as far as like watching the streams? I mean, obviously, in your job now, it's probably a lot harder to catch streams. Yeah, but I imagine my, you have some downtime. I do have some downtime, and honestly, in my downtime lately, I've been watching a lot of trashy reality television. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the same thing as streams. It's the same thing, basically. Um, so, I, I do feel a little bit bad that I haven't been catching a lot of streams this summer. Um, I've been getting outdoors a lot this summer. I've actually been dating a lot this summer, which has been fun. Oh, um, wow. yeah, dude. Um, Is there a Mrs. Tarkov reporter on the horizon? <laughs> uh, you know, fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, but I've been I've been just meeting people, man, and it's uh, that's been. I'll fun. expect an invite, um, you know. Just whenever <laughs> it happens, I will expect an invite. Absolutely, we'll invite the whole. We'll do it live on Twitch. Uh, there we go. I'll, <laughs> listen, I'll carry a camera. I'm good. I'll just, you know. Oh, hell yeah! Won't be uh, much of the wedding, mostly my fat face, but you know it's fine. <laughs> I love that. Um, but who have I been catching? I, I say I would say. Um, before, like I like this summer, I've definitely been taking a break from watching streams. But like before that, I would I would try to catch like a bunch of people when I could. Like obviously Genicals, um, and like I pop into like Wildez's stream a bunch just to like uh, make fun of him a little bit or meme around and <laughs> um, and uh, Winter's Wolf Cry, um, another great dude who I love to catch like his Daisy streams and stuff when he was doing that. I did play a little bit of Daisy. Um, like on the same server he was at, that was a lot of fun. 
Damien um, Sticky too, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I would I would pop into their streams too. Um not not stream sniping, obviously. Um So he and... says. <laughs> we have no proof. Yeah, I guess the burden of proof would be on me, damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um who else? I, I know I'm missing people. Um, but like V Breezy was also in that um in that server bunch of other people were in that server and that server was a lot of fun i enjoyed playing on that daisy server for sure uh i watched a lot less tarkov lately um i this just has been lackluster in yeah. terms of content and i think a lot of people were just also like the streams weren't as fun to watch because a lot of people were just it just dragged right yes. and so like the enjoyment of watching somebody play tarkov is their enjoyment of the wipe and if their enjoyment of the wipe isn't there than the enjoyment of watching it yeah it's hard and the com- i think the community wants to be there to like the community wants to watch tarkov but they they just they're not they're not enjoying the times that they do right now right. but you can see that when like when bsg does this dev stream and they've got like tons of viewers watching the 40, interest is there people. yeah the interest is there right they just they need something to grasp onto yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just not there in this particular moment. Maybe it will be with this upcoming wipe. I'm I'm a little skeptical. Maybe it'll be there with the December wipe. I'm more optimistic about that. Um, I think it was interesting that they actually laid out like a full wipe roadmap. Mm. And we know mm. specifically when, what month wipe is occurring. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am, I, I would bet. There's a little bit of leeway there. Uh, oh, for sure. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> say it's gonna get closer. Be like it's December eighth. Uh, it's December twentieth. Uh, January first. Check in with us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I could see something like that happening. And maybe they should have gone with more like a seasonal thing, like a winter wipe or something like yeah. that. But that's neither here nor there. I'm glad that they're putting out a roadmap. That's really cool. Um, good for them. Like uh, I. I I uh, I'm optimistic for the game's future. Just right now is like I I don't want to play and I don't watch it. <laughs> Do you think you'll check out arenas? Oh, totally. When that comes out, absolutely. Um, but that doesn't look like it's coming until like fall testing yeah. winter yeah. maybe. Yeah. So that's still a ways out. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to check that out. Uh, it looks really fun. Um, and Tarkov, Tarkov, nothing has captured me in the way that Tarkov has captured my attention for as long as it did. Like there was a three-year period where it was all I played. It was like the only game installed on my computer. I would not like touch anything else. Um, and <laughs> it's uh, sadly been uninstalled <laughs> for a little while now. Um, so I, I, I want to. I, I want to love you, Tarkov. Just <laughs> you know, it's, it's so funny about that is I was watching um, it's Reefy the other day, yeah. and lo and behold, Yoinks showed up. No way! Yeah, Yoinks. Oh my up. god! Blast from the past. Yeah, he had a very similar like he he redeemed that he was going to bring Reefy kit, and then he was like, I don't even have it installed. It hasn't been installed <laughs> for so long. But he said he'd come back. If they set up a Rust server, he said he'd you know he'd take some time off and he'd come back oh, and, no and play some Rust. So oh, that'd you know, be maybe, cool to see. Maybe somebody, maybe Youngs will show up. You know, you know. I, uh, I hope he's uh, absolutely crushing it as a real. I think he's in real estate, right? Like I, yeah. I, yep. I hope he's. I hope he's doing great with that. I uh, wish. I wish him all the best, man. He's great. 
Yeah, and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna try and come out. You know, a couple nights while for TwitchCon. So cool. Uh, you're you're going. I I I'm not gonna be able to get there, but uh, I super don't jealous. know the man. I I the tickets for TwitchCon are so expensive. Yeah, I They're part of so me would just expensive. like not even go to the event itself, just like rent an Airbnb and. Hang and out like go to the parties afterwards. Like that's, right. that's <laughs> just hang out, hang out at the pool all day. I think the other thing that's kind of got me hesitant is I don't think it's going to be like um, like San Diego because the strip is so much bigger than the Gaslamp District. Yeah. And the Gaslamp District was so you just walked everywhere. But in Vegas, like there's going to be people who are staying in Old Vegas. There's going to be people who are staying on the strip. And and I think there's going to be a, it's going to be a lot more disjointed. Um, Definitely. Which I think is a is a is a bane to Twitch because part of the TwitchCon is is like realizing that even though you know you're maybe you're in one small section of like Tarkov or you know whatever group you claim as like your your main game, like you start to realize oh this is actually a much bigger thing. There's a lot more like I'm part of a much bigger <laughs> community. Yeah, and I think that's like that really is to me with all of the like shitty things twitch is doing that really is kind of the driving factor for what keep a lot of people there yeah absolutely twitch i mean there's a lot of things wrong with twitch right we we know that um and like it's i mean obviously like i i'm not gonna sit here and and stand up for like its morals or values or whatever but the people that we've met and the communities that we've been part of through twitch like I, <laughs> they've brought so much joy to my life, and I'm I'm so grateful for like the community aspect of it. Um, even though it there's obviously some parts of Twitch that don't align with my values, and um, I don't know if I want my kids watching if I had kids one day. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, so you talked about Battle Bit. You've been playing that. Is there anything? Yeah. And, and Daisy, you said you jumped into Daisy for a little while. Daisy, yeah. Um, so other than your your trash TV, what what else are you watching or playing? Um, that's it really. I play I played a fair bit of Battlebit and that's like my primary game right now. Um no other games. I I mean I, as I mentioned I'm a huge sports fan, so um I consume all the sports. Uh <laughs> and I've been getting out and playing a little bit too. Um so like I haven't been watching a whole lot. Um, I mean, if if you want to ask like what specifically I've been watching, I'm a binge watching Vanderpump Rules. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so All right, sure. Yeah. It, I look. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, hey, I don't listen. <laughs> I don't judge what people watch. Just you know, it's entirely it's entirely your choice. Whatever brings you joy, as long as it's not hurting anybody, you know. Um. So, if you were in some magical world to come back to content creation in some way, shape, or form, wh- how would you approach that? With wow. just the way that the environment is right now, and I, and I will tell you. Um. So before before this, I actually did um a podcast with Will Does. Um. His is the one that came out right before yours. Um, and, um, we talked a little bit about the way he has been evolving his content and like what Mm. the next steps are. And he said, you know, 
if I were to if I were to start over, then I would do a lot less streaming and a lot more recording, like mm. pre-recorded content, or I would be using my streams to u- make shorts and things like that a lot more than what he initially started out. And and in fact, um, I don't know if you saw his. He made a tweet the other day that he finished recording his first metal detecting stream. <laughs> I, I watched that. It was so fun. <laughs> I watched part of that. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you did that, but it's so great. Yeah. Uh, anybody it also, who doesn't, it feels yeah. it feels so Wildez, right? Like it's it is so much like his personality really shines through there. Totally, and that's that's the type of stuff that he should be doing. Um, he is so good at that, uh, and I I would love to do IRL content. Um, I think if I was going to start over, that's what I'd do. Um, and like IRL streams, I would love to be like a, a travel IRL streamer, mm-hmm. um, just even in my own city or around here. Like I just, I love the, the idea of exploring a new area or exploring somewhere I'm familiar with and showing it off to people. Um, and I don't know how I would, I, I suppose I would probably primarily do that on Twitch. I'm not sure what I would do in terms of recorded content with that. Um, but I think having like building YouTube as well, because YouTube is the second biggest search platform on, on the web. Um, I definitely think I would want to involve YouTube in some way. So I'm, I'm not, I, I haven't thought that through at all. And I, I'm not sure if that'll ever happen. Um, but if I was starting over with content creation, I think that's something I would want to do. I think that'd be really fun. And Will Des would be like, uh, my, with his <laughs> with his metal detecting streams would be my role model for that. I, I love that. I'll be honest. I think people would watch a vlog that you did. I think you have that kind of like personality where like if you were to vlog about your city, you know, your favorite, you know, taco spot or your favorite, whatever. Yeah. I think, I think people would really enjoy that. And, and I think your background in journalism would really pay off there. Cause you could provide a lot more like, history and and background to you know the places that you go absolutely um i think that's a good point and maybe i will once i get settled uh once i get my license in counseling and i'm settled into my job uh maybe that's something that i'll i'll start i'll start doing again but all right tarkov reporters coming back (laughs) confirmed we we already know oh man that would be fun that would be fun i would love that (laughs) um but yeah I'd watch. I, I would definitely thank watch. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I I love podcasting too. Like this is this is uh what we're doing right now is just so fun for me. And I would love to start like a mental health podcast. Um and I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of them out there, so I'd want to find a specific niche uh within that. But uh something that would align with my work um would be really cool to do too. I would listen to that podcast. <laughs> I I guess what I'm saying is no matter what you would do, I would watch. So, <laughs> I appreciate I, I, that. I will be honest. Like I, I had been listening to a lot of podcasts before I started this one. And then when I started this one, it has been some of the most fun yeah. I have ever had creating yeah. content. As I totally agree. Yeah. This just, is so fun. It's so different than streaming. And I get why podcasting became such a hit 
as fast as it did. And I'm, I mean, I'm on the tail end of it. Like everybody, everybody has a podcast anymore, but like, I get why. Yeah, no, I've been listening to podcasts since like, uh, maybe like 2006 on my like iPod mini. Uh, like it's, uh, I, I just love the format. Um, it's such a great way to like consume news or, or sports content or, uh, entertainment content. Uh, it's, it's really like, especially if you get the right people. Um, and I, I think you're a great person to, to run a podcast like this, uh, because of your personality and because of your, like, uh, how you connect with people. Um, and no, like you're, uh, this is, it, it's so much fun. And I, I hope, uh, more people get on the podcast train. And I know it's like, it's, it's gotten pretty big. So I don't know if there's space for it to get bigger, but I, I think there's definitely room for it. Obviously. I, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, I don't know, like, it's so weird to like reach out to people and just be like, Hey, do you want to be on a podcast when there yeah. are like so many podcasts out there that people can be on? And like that is such a mental hurdle that I struggle with, but like I'm so glad that I started doing it. Totally, it's it's kind of the same thing as like reaching out to ask people to play duos with you or something, right? And co-streaming, yeah. Like it's a little bit nerve wracking at first. Like, does this person even want to? Um, but I think a lot of people love sharing their stories um, and love talking about like streaming or or whatever interests them and they don't have much of an outlet for that. And if they're a streamer or if they're a content creator in some way, like they probably want to talk about the stuff that interests them. Like they, they literally do it on a, on their stream. So um, I, I think that uh, I think there's a, a space for this in the world. And I, I'm glad you're reaching out to people like Will Des. Like he's, he's I, I love seeing Will Des content and more people need to be exposed to this stuff. So Hopefully, more people can learn about him through you. I think I think you're gonna enjoy yeah. the, his podcast. <laughs> I think you really will. Um, so, you know, we're 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 running up against the clock here, but yeah. I wanted to 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 ask some kind of off the wall, goofy questions. Love it. Um, so let's start with this one because I've asked almost everybody, and the the answers have been wild. But if you had an evil twin, what would they be doing right now? <laughs> Um, it took me a minute when you first, uh, so when you, when you said like, uh, like I'll watch this today, yeah, no. I, it took me a minute, but, um, definitely like, I think he would be doing something shady. Like, you know, it would just be like some sort of shady politician, like pushing through a strip club in a small town. Uh, <laughs> He'd be using his knowledge of how people work against them rather than for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. He'd be so fucking manipulative. And like he would be like taking greasy, like uh he'd be getting greased up for for like doing side deals and stuff like that. He'd be be in everybody's pockets. Uh and, and just oh my god. And I'd I'd be like I'd be investigating him as a reporter or something like that and trying to yeah. take him down. Uh, <laughs> and he'd be like trying to get me fired from my job. Uh, <laughs> Yo, this is a whole ass TNT movie right now. I'd be kind of, yeah, oh, that would be a really cool movie. Netflix hit me up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, 
the most detailed answer I've gotten so far, and I love it. It is the best. And I just, I can just see like your evil twin, like sitting in an office, and somebody comes in and he's like, "What do you want, and how much are you willing to pay for it?" <laughs> totally, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, I, I already hate this guy, and I want to take him down so bad. <laughs> His fictional evil twin. He's just not okay. So let me ask you this: What would be the what would what would be like the visual difference between you and your evil twin? Because you know, like in the mm. movies, it's always like the mustache, right? The mustache is the evil twin. Okay. Guy. So yeah, what would I be the what would be the visual? Probably difference? got like a goatee. Like he's probably like got this this huge goatee. Um, I don't know what would be like the visual difference. He'd like always be wearing a suit. Um. One of those really expensive suits that cost yeah, more than my house. Absolutely, and you can you can just like he's got like more jewelry than is like right for any human being to be wearing. <laughs> he's got like thousand dollar shoes. Uh, he pulls up in a limo everywhere he goes, uh, or maybe not a limo, but he's got like he's got like a black uh, suburban that he's got like a driver for, and maybe like security team. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this guy is he's set up. And he's like connected, you know, like you can just, <laughs> when you see him, you can tell. <laughs> All right. So we know what your evil twin would be doing. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about this. Dream job outside, like just the most off the wall, crazy. If there were no limits to what you could do, Ooh. what would you do? Like you know, you could be like a, you know, I want to be Captain Kirk or whatever. Mm. I think it would be, I mean, uh, so I'll give you like a realistic answer first, but I mean, it's not that realistic, but it's kind of like a, if I could be like an in-house couples therapist at like a resort somewhere like, I don't know, like somewhere super exotic and tropical and just be like, I, I'd, I'd be like, be where like, Le- like LeBron James and and all the like superstar yeah. athletes show up and they're like, hey, exactly. listen, we just need to work on our marriage or whatever. I'd, I'd be like the most like expensive and thought after like uh, couples therapist in the world. I, I, I like you had to go spend time at this like all include not all all inclusive, but like this secluded resort somewhere like so be like picturesque and beautiful that I could just wake up to every day and oh, that'd be so nice. Like you own like your own island and you only see one couple at a time and they have to come and be secluded from the world mm. for a week and you you just you have to work with them for a week. Yeah. That would be that would be super cool. So that's like I mean not realistic, but like within what I'm doing. But sure. like not realistic, I would say like I want to go to space and explore the universe. Um like I want to like go to planets where like time changes different, like like an interstellar. Sure. interstellar like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to like, like I I like I I feel like I was born in the wrong time. Like I want to explore I wanna, the unknown. Yeah, like a thousand years from now, when we're uh, maybe we're we aren't even there a thousand years from now. Um, but well, I, I, I mean, want, if yeah. we're not, we're not here either. So like, <laughs> at the rate we're going, we're not existing anymore if we're not off this planet. Strong point. Uh, strong point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, so I had another a follow up question. It was not really a follow up question, but another question. But I feel like you've already answered it. I'm going to ask it anyway. 
Would you rather be in a fantasy world or a sci-fi world? Uh, definitely a sci-fi world. Like I, I love space travel. Um, I love the idea that we could live on a different planet in a different part of the universe someday that we don't even know exists right now. Um, and, and that's just so interesting to me. Um, so just like exploring that world and like, so like games like no man's sky have always been interesting I to love me. No man's um, sky. and hopefully Starfield, please be good. <laughs> oh, please be good. Starfield. I uh, always cringe when somebody brings up Starfield cause I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> I want it to be good so badly. Um, I want, I've always wanted star citizen to be good, but it's just so buggy and like, mm-hmm. it's, it's so it far works. from the vision. The vision of Star Star Citizen is like, it's so expansive and it's nowhere near that. And it's so disappointing. Um, Oh, damn. (laughs) I will be honest. um, I love Smashley's shorts where she's just flying and doing (laughs) tricks in Star Citizen because they're like, they're planet side and it's her and her wingman and they're like flipping around each other and it's the best and I know if I tried it, I would spend so much money on ships because I would crash <laughs> every time. Yeah, that's it's such a cool game, and the concept of it is amazing. Um, I just wish it were more fleshed out, and it's probably too expensive for it ever to achieve its vision. Yeah, so that's too bad. It feels like Duke Nukem, <laughs> which is sad. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you had to pick one horror movie bad guys so like vampires or zombies or ghosts or jason or freddy who would you want to go up against like who do i think i stand a chance against or who do you uh, think you stand a chance against oh my god like do i have weapons or like what's the deal here you are you are you (laughs) so if you can make it you know to a, a you know a place where there are weapons you can use weapons but you don't have any like advanced skills you don't have any training in weaponry who do you think you would maybe not who do you think you could beat but who do you think you could survive against the longest okay um wow that's so tough i'm also not much like a horror person so i don't have much frame of reference for this but um and I live in Canada too, so like access to like guns and stuff is not good. Um, so you got to find something that you could beat with like a sword or holy water. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of holy water, uh, but like I don't know if there's going to be replenished very often. So I'd, I'd be worried about how long I could survive off my holy water stash from like sure, the local yeah. church. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a concern. You know, I never really thought about like what what would you do if you were in a post apocalyptic world and you were being haunted? Like <sighs> you'd have no access to holy water because someone no. would have drank it. And then it's like, do I use the holy water on the ghost or do I drink it? Because I need Obviously, water. You drink it. You need to survive. Um, you, you gotta you gotta keep a priest alive right you've got to keep some sort of holy person alive that you must protect them at all costs so they can just bless like that you can like bless filter water. filter your urine and then bless that or something i don't know i love it that's the now i want that i need that as a movie now i need that as a movie now we've had a lot of movies movie ideas out of this podcast that's such a good movie idea (laughs) 
Yeah, but who do you think? I don't know if it's the Heat or uh, I'm just feeling delirious right now. <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> I choose. I choose the ghost idea because that seems like a really fun movie. So I, I choose that being the haunted. Ghost? We'll go with sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I have taken enough of your time and you have given me so much great conversation. It has been an honor and a joy and a pleasure to to talk with you and to you know find out what you're doing post streaming because there's you know you and yoinks and you know andrew's even pulling out a little bit yeah like, that's that there's, too. Yeah. there's so mm-hmm. many people who are um you know finding what it is that they want to do beyond content creation and i think for a lot of people who get into content creation they feel like they don't have anywhere else to go yeah and it's can be really difficult to to move away from it but there's there's a lot there's a lot of life out there to explore and i really encourage people to as we've mentioned before try everything once and see what fits with you in your life because you never know what you're going to enjoy and um there's some amazing amazing things out there and i'm just grateful uh, to have the opportunity to share my story with you panda thanks for inviting me man it means a lot um and uh yeah i i I, I miss the content creation community. Um, I, I miss everybody that I've ever had the chance to interact with through that. So uh, if anybody's watching that's interacted with me before, uh, I love and miss you. And uh, I hope we can chat soon. And Panda, I, I hope we can chat to chat again soon too, man. I, I love this. Listen, um, you're coming back. <laughs> I'm going to get you back after you, you kind of settled in um, into your new job and, check up on you make sure that you're enjoying what you're doing still and um do you have any uh, you gave shout outs earlier do you have anybody else you'd like to shout out or any last words for anybody last words i think uh because i did my shout outs already but um if you're if you're struggling out there feel like you need help in life um therapy is there and it can be super such a positive experience in your life too i know there's stigma around it uh, especially for men. And um, I, I can speak firsthand, like uh, going to therapy myself was really powerful for me and and changed my life for the better. Uh, so if you're struggling, if you need support, there are mental health hotlines out there that are totally free. There are student counselors who provide low and uh, low cost and even free counseling too. Um, and just find a counselor that you connect with. They'll often do like free consultations so you can get to know them a little bit um and find somebody you connect with because that's the most important part that you connect and trust and feel comfortable in the space where you're going to be super vulnerable um and doing that can really have a positive impact on your life so try it out i uh, i really encourage that and if you don't find someone you connect with find somebody else like don't feel mm. like just because you found yeah. one and you're like oh this didn't work out yeah. like you're not going to click with every. You don't click with everybody in your regular life. It's silly to assume that you're going to click with everybody, you know, in, in a professional standing. So 100%. 100%. That's so right. Uh, do as many of those consultations as you can. Um, just see who's out there. You're, you're going to find that there are some really cool counselors um, who you vibe with. I guarantee it. Perfect. Well, chat, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Um, I'm going to leave you with the same thing I leave you every time, which is be good to yourself and be kind to those around you. And, um, 
have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you in the next podcast.